I am empty. Listen, it's empty. <laughs> no coffee. <laughs> Bring me more. Where's my Hassenpfeffer? This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to the RC Roundtable. Back again, we have the juiced up Lee Ray. Hello. And the not so juiced up Terry Gunn. Good morning. The not so juiced up? He might be juiced up, he's just hiding it. <laughs> he's very good at it. Well, he's got I the have most. No comment. <laughs> See? I, I admit nothing. Yeah, but we know your secrets. All right. Well, my juice is lots and lots of coffee. And so I've got my masterpiece theater voice and lots of coffee inside me. So let's roll. All right. Let's rock this joint. So E-Flight has yet another plane no. that they've coming out. They've been out. busy lately, huh? They have really? Been. The minions are at full force or something. I don't know what's going on. This one's called the Optera. Uh... I remember a computer called it Optera or something some years ago. Optera. I don't know what it means. You but... can't pronounce anything right. Let's just go with I Optera. I got, How did I got it fly? impediment. What's that? How did your computer fly? Uh, about as far as I could throw it. Ah. But in other words, not very well. But this Optera looks like it should fly very well because the thing is big. You see how uh, the wingspan of this thing? Was it two meters, something like that? It's two metres, yes. How does that translate into inches <laughs> well that's what six feet six point uh, uh three feet roughly no yeah something like that two, that's a size six and a half feet almost yeah and it's a flying wing it's a big giant flying wing uh, all foam although apparently you can disassemble it in three or four pieces or something like that or five maybe oh really uh, how does it break down uh they say something about the wingtips pop off and i think Maybe the wings themselves? I guess because it's a camera platform, it's a solid center section. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I don't know if I saw any pictures of it actually disassembled, but according to the write-up, it comes apart. D number five can be disassembled. Is and this... Ha have we agreed on how many cameras it carries yet? I say three. Okay. Concurrently. I think could, I can agree with that. I think you could put a couple more uh, run cams on the wing. Let's, let's see how many cameras you can stick <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little uh, Velcro and duct tape. I bet you could load that sucker up. Hey, speaking of run cam, I'm just throwing us off the, the loop. See, I, I got my energy. Uh, I bought a run cam too, by the way, Terry. So oh, did you? Have more you on that later. I, I just ordered okay. it. They went on ah. sale and I grabbed one because I know how much you liked it and loved the footage you had from the, the best Aerotoe footage. So, How much well, did you get it for? Uh, 85 bucks. Okay, that's pretty good. I think they're usually right at 100. Yep. Anyway, back to you, Bob. Well, you make a good point. I bet you could, it's such a big wing, you probably put enough run cams on it to have a, a full 360-degree view. <laughs> you could change the entire color to orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a monster thing, although it looks like it has a folding prop, too, on it. So I got to yes. say, I'm jumping on this, too. Is this their, uh, uh, what do you call it, comparison of the Parrot Disco? I don't know. I say comparison. That is the wrong word. I can't use the right words in the morning. So what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, equivalent? 
Yeah. Well, it's not I me. Mean, I'm sure the parrot's a lot more technical, but I look at the two and I was like, you know, they're going for the wing pusher, little wing. Well, not knowing wing. much about the parrot bird, I'm, I would think that this one's significant at a glance. From what I understand, the parrot has the camera built in and it uses their Wi-Fi based control system. And I think it's smaller as well. It's also a, a lot uh, more expensive. Is it? I don't <laughs> there's, know what those There's a thousand dollars stuffed in the wings of the parrot. Yeah, and it's got all sorts of automated flying stuff. It's intended for complete noobs. Somebody who's not so much interested in flying as they are getting an aerial shot. Gotcha. So, but that's you know, we could talk about that forever. So this up this up there is close. It has the A3X and the safe, so you can do some automated. Although I don't think you can't put waypoints in it, but it could at least come back home or something else. The happens. GPS equipped safe? Uh, yes. Oh, safe select flight envelope protection. Mm, safe. Well, that's different, right? Uh, there's a different versions of safe. I'm not that yeah, tuned into Yeah, there's some that safes. are just, uh, I guess, attitude stabilization. And the GPS version, which is what you guys have experienced with the Champ S Plus uses GPS and has fences and all that sort of stuff. I don't know which one this has. Well, it kind of reminds me, we, we talked about wanting to go have a, a stabilization discussion, you know, AS3X versus the you know, other vendors, and now we have to have a, a safe discussion on what different varieties they offer. So, yeah, I need to, I need to look into that. Well, they're talking about automatic self-leveling and uh, angle limitations. Yeah, so that sounds like the basic safe. Whereas if they were talking about a geofence or something like that, then yeah, and that's exactly what you would need for this platform. You just need the stabilization and uh, auto leveling. But do you? Well, for a for a platform and a video platform, stabilization. Yeah, okay, I, I can see that. Sure, I think so. Yeah, I just want to stable. Now, the weird thing is, for such a big plane, they're only talking a 2200 3S battery in this thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking at least 3000. I wonder if you could uh, shove a bigger one in there. Yeah, I put something much bigger in there. Terry can. <laughs> <laughs> Terry knows how to cut out foam and shove a battery in there. Yeah. I've got an exacto knife. <laughs> there you go. To answer your question, the wingspan is 78 inches. I knew that. Okay, so that's six feet and some change. Yeah, it's about almost six and a half feet, right? And the picture of it with the person is, it's a big airplane. Yeah, it's a big mother. So, and from what I gather, it's supposed to be pretty stable. Not not a hot rod, but just a gentle camera platform. Yeah. Did I get yeah. that right? Yeah. I haven't that's, watched that's, the video yet. That's the impression I get. Just load it up with cameras, all kind of GoPros and whatnot, and FPV, and just go somewhere. I hope you get your hands on one, Terry, because I want to see how many uh, run cams you stick on it. Or just like your Mobius <laughs> and your run cam. And, <laughs> and then, and I like the last video you did, which I loved, of the, uh, the paper airplane that you did. Oh, yeah. I loved mm -hmm. the grid effect that you did. And after every crash, you killed the camera <laughs> view. Oh. <laughs> but I want to see that same thing with like nine camera angles in one flight. On you the want me to crash it nine times? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. But I want to see all the cameras running at the same time on one flight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was inspired by the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> huh? 
with broken nose. Okay, but to see the, the vision I just had in my head is where the Brady's knocked off after each window Marcia, closed. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> All right. You know what you should do is, what I would do is take one and then duct tape a, like, normal size video camera on a thing and then fly it around. Why would you do that? Because. Because you could? Because you could. Okay. Get like an old 80s camcorder. Yeah, get like an old VHS With the strap flying camera. in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See if you can do it. The old technology merges anew, merged oh with gosh. the new. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, I was just talking to a couple of run cams. I think Fitz was the one who went too far. <laughs> Well, wow. I mean, for the price, I think it's not too bad. I mean, it's two twenty nine. I think you're right, though. I think I'd put a bigger battery in there. I'd want some longer flight times. And that includes a video transmitter and camera, right? Am I making that up? I think you're making that part up. No. Okay. Really? I do that sometimes. Well, I don't know. No, no, no. It, it says uh, all you need is the transmitter and a battery. Hey, by the way, Fitz, you're wrong. It starts at a 2200. It goes up to 3200. So I'm pretty sure it'll hold a 3000 nice and Okay. It should. The thing's a monster. It says FPV HD camera. Oh, it says ready. Yeah, see, I don't think it comes with the camera. Oh, well, that's not fun. Oh, that so, Lee, you're me. wrong. Gosh, and the price... Ag Sorry. Against our usual MO, I've been reading about this thing while you guys were talking. And it says it has safe select. So it sounds like you can activate safe on or off with a switch on the transmitter. So that's a good feature, and not something that's in all the other safe equipped planes. Hmm. Which you would like that in the Champ S Plus, right, Lee? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually, what I'd like is a little access door to the the brick, where you can just flip little rocker switches and say ASS AS3X off, safe off, GPS off, virtual fence off, <laughs> fun flying on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll get to that later. Let's just make it voice activated. You're talking yeah. to the, the propeller, the spinner. I'm just going to say, don't crash. <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> More like come back home. <laughs> come back. Well, anyways. And, hello, computer. <laughs> uh oh, that's, that's going to be one of the audio clips. <laughs> I know Fitz is going to take that <laughs> Scotty <laughs> quote and put yeah. it in our podcast. Hello, computer. Well, I'm interested to see if this thing catches on or not, if it's how popular it is. Uh, hopefully my hobby shop will get one and I'll be able to caress it in real life. But until then, fascinating, Captain. Yeah, I agree. I'm, and not to continue this too much longer, but it's been a long time since I've shot any video with a fixed-wing platform. Almost everything I do nowadays is on a multi-rotor. So I would be interested to revisit that and see what the differences are. I think it would have some advantages. Mm. So, did you know that you can fly a multi-rotor with a pistol grip radio? Did you, did you? Never would have thought it. Yeah, me neither. But you can. Kyosho just came out with a new quad called the Drone Racer. And at first I thought, oh, they have a, a four-channel pistol grip radio. But no, it's still just a two-channel radio like you would have with a car. But they, they modified the software on the quad to use two channels. And it works. Okay. I've got one here. What kind of mixing is involved? Because I, I understand the left and right. And I can, I, I was, when you, when you sent this, I was like, okay, how would it work? So my thought was it has some type of 
safe feature <laughs> or uh, auto leveling feature so that when you do left and right it's always trying to stay level so when you go left and right it just turns left and right okay that kind of thing but when you increase the throttle how does it know whether to tilt forward and go faster or to climb well i'll tell you lee okay <laughs> um it's got a switch that basically turns on the motors and you flip that switch and it jumps into the air at there's two positions on the switch. It's either 13 or 23 inches of altitude. And it's got sensors on the bottom, and I guess they're ultrasonic or something like that. And just those sensors maintain altitude. Once you turn on the motors and get it in the air, you don't have any control over altitude. And pulling on the trigger makes it tilt forward to move forward, or back to move back, and and that's it. And the motors adjust to maintain altitude while you're doing that maneuvering. And when you want to turn, turning the steering wheel very lightly, just a couple degrees, will make it translate right or left. So that, that's just roll. If you turn it more than that, it starts doing a coupled control of roll and yaw. So if you want to turn, you get going forward and you say so turn the wheel to the left and it's going to yaw to the left and tilt just a little bit to the left. So there okay. you have it. So there's a mix. There's a mix definitely in the left and right command. Yes. Okay. So, and mm -hmm. then the more, and it's kind of like Expo, and the more you rotate, the more mix it adds to get it to, uh, well, I say bank or yaw. So which one do you think it does more? Does it bank more when you? No, it definitely more? yaws more. It yaws more. Okay. Right. So it goes, it gets through turns. It's basically like you're controlling array controlled hovercraft. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's maintaining its own altitude and. Yeah, then you're just steering it in the direction you want it to go. Yeah, it's a combination RC car, hovercraft kind of thing. All right, well, my yeah. first my first cringe of my face is, are, are you are you causing a problem, though, restricting the altitude with that? I mean, is that is that kind of like a, a standard height for this type of racing? Is there like a, I don't know. Well, I would hesitate to say that there's anything standard about this quad. It seems to be a whole new concept. And... I don't know if they were going after just the novelty of being able to use a pistol grip radio or they're more uh, after the the intuitiveness of it. So for somebody who's never flown a quad before, I think this is much more appealing than the independent four-axis, two-stick approach. Um, yeah. Really, you just pull the trigger and go. Yeah, they seem to be pushing sort of racing with these things. They almost look like Formula One cars. And so you can set up yeah. some sort of track and just drive them around like an RC car. And so young people, young kids can do it really easily and not have to learn how to fly in four dimensions. Yeah, and staying at that low altitude, you're not really at risk of crashing into things or people. or you know, There's very low risk there. You've got one less degree of freedom to worry about. Yeah, my, my guess is they're trying to start some sort of new type of racing uh, maybe not on a large scale, but at least their own little niche thing where you can sell these things in different colors and, and race around the track. Yeah, and I think that's what they did with the Mini Z, those tiny cars, and that yeah. really caught on. Yeah, not so it, much in the U.S., but in Europe and Japan, I mean, that's a big deal. People build these little tracks in their basement and race these tiny cars, and they are fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, like little Mini Zs or little Tam Techs from years ago. Those things yeah. were really, really quick. And it's kind of a Japanese thing. Sometimes they'll start something like this, and it'll be really popular for a little while, and it probably eventually die out. But uh, it, 
it probably will catch on somewhat in Japan. Overseas, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. It is an interesting concept. Yeah, and it works. You, know, you don't get nearly the precision that you would with fully independent controls. Mm. But I don't know what I'm driving. I don't seem to care. It's just fun. It's like you're driving a drift car. Now, I see a big missed opportunity on Kyosho's part in this. How's that? They should have put Star Wars bodies on these things. <laughs> Who can afford that? Imagine if it was a, a the uh, Luke Skywalker speeder or the little uh, uh, stormtrooper speeder from Return oh. of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Well, yes, or any of the aren't little those ships. coming out? I think uh, Air Hogs has a whole series of yeah, but those are based. more like regular quads. This well, one is something very simple. You know, two year old can, can drive well, this if, thing around. I mean, if you're going to go that direction, Fitz, I love your idea. You should do it from like the Phantom Menace. And do it from the the racing, the speed racing. Oh, oh, all the pod racers. The pod racers, yeah. They yes. should be pod racer type layouts because they're, yes. they're not going up or down. I mean, they're staying at low level. They're just you know going through an obstacle course. So there you yeah. go. There's your answer right there. And there's well, a whole bunch of different pod it's racers. Two hundred and twenty dollars as is. I wonder what it would cost as a officially licensed Star Wars. Get the, get the Star Wars uh, license. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> they would have made it up in volume. <laughs> Someone's Perhaps. someone's going to invent little you know replacement covers. They should make them pod racer designs. Oh yeah, probably the first thing I do is either three D print or uh, maybe you know piece together something with uh, styrene or something real lightweight yeah. to make it. Star yeah, it has Wars-y. to be has to be light because it's only powered by a one S one thousand. Yeah, yeah, but that uh, small geared motors, so it's like a lot of the indoor quads. It's not a powerhouse. Well, I think I think once you said hoverboard racing or, or hovercraft racing, that made more sense to me. I guess because I'm still watching so many darn drone races online, you know, climbing up these huge hills and, and going left and right and up, up and down altitudes to the obstacle course. I was like, this this isn't going to do it. But when you think about like taking a slot car track off the track and and making a, a you know a racetrack that way with these, that that I can see. I mean, it, it might catch on. It, there might be some competitions with just I, I'm gonna start start thinking of like the, the the pod racer thing. That's that I'm stuck in my head now. <laughs> so if you had those now, kind of events, then yeah, I think that'd be fun. Now, Terry, you have one of these, right? Yeah, I'm touching it right now. <laughs> na, 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 na. <laughs> Maybe that's too much information, but so. <laughs> who are your thoughts on it? Love the G Zero. <laughs> it's your friend. <laughs> it talks to you at night. <laughs> I talk to it. Um, <laughs> it's. It's fun. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I wouldn't say you should limit your expectations, but I think you just have to accept it for what it is. If you go into it, you know, reading the name Drone Racer and think you're getting a more traditional Drone Racer, you're going to end up very disappointed. I went into it saying, holy crap, it uses a pistol grip radio? i got to see this. And not knowing really what to expect performance-wise. And I'm having fun with it. Like I said, it's a lot like driving a drift car. You don't carve a precise line through turns. You kind of skid and you oversteer to correct and you go through and it's like driving on ice. It's fun. I like, you know what, After when we started this conversation, I was giving my little evil eye questioning it. But now that we've described it and what it's doing, it does sound like fun. I bet like Ryan would, would like something like this. You're so, like, oh, I'm sure. Race around the cul-de-sac. Yeah. Hmm. And they make two body styles. The Formula One car looking one uh, is what I have. And there's also another one that looks kind of like a Batmobile. It's all black or maybe a stealth fighter or something like that. 
And I assume the bodies are interchangeable. They're just little polycarbonate clip-on deals. I'm going to get a General Lee clip-on. <laughs> You're going to have a horn? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little yeah. micro speaker. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I didn't mention it's got a little cams for the arm mounts, and you can adjust the tilt of the motors. They come at zero degrees, but you can set them to 10 or 20 degrees forward. This is speed and it really thing? changes the speed and the, the handling of it. Can I put a 2S on there? Yeah. <laughs> Watch it burn. <laughs> Streaks of smoke. <laughs> Neat. I, I like it. I, I mean, uh, it's what? It's 220 though. It's a little steep. But yeah, the yeah, price is a little Kyosho high. stuff isn't cheap, but it's, it's always high-quality stuff. They don't skimp. You're a Kyosho fan, right, Fitz? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am too. I say Kyosho. So. <laughs> oh well, I don't Kyosho. know which one's correct. Kyosho. Mm. It's not Kyosho. <laughs> well, it's how I say it, and so Fitz, for for someone who's who says, "Okay, Zoggy boy, Zoggy boy," <laughs> I'm Kyosho. <laughs> yeah, but unlike you guys, I actually study Japanese. <laughs> oh. You're not changing me, buddy. <laughs> Uh, but I'm a, I'm a Kyosho fan too. All my Cessna 177s. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you probably have more than anybody. Maybe. Yeah, and I've had a Kyosho sailboat. I've had a Kyosho car, and I've had a this a, a glider, a Kyosho glider. So they they do make good stuff. A lot of ABS plastic back then. Back then. I had one of their early planes. It was a Prelude. I think. It was oh called. yeah, they had some of the first electrics. It was a yeah. They had Etudes. Yeah, the preludes. duet, the prelude. The duet. I always wanted a duet. I saw one at a hobby shop a couple of years ago. A guy would not let go of it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> was it Richard? Oh, man, man. <laughs> no, no. I was, I was out of state. Oh. <laughs> Richard has a lot of things he doesn't want to let go. <laughs> so for people out there who didn't read the Tower Hobbies catalog for fun during the 1980s, <clears throat> these, oh. are, these were early, I, I guess it was mid-80s. This stuff started coming out, right? It was yeah, yeah. electric models, which at the time were very much a novelty, using probably 1,200 milliamp hour subsea Nike heads. I'm definitely putting pictures of my Kyosho products on our mm. our webpage. Yeah, I think the stuff that you fell in love with is probably second generation. Yeah, yeah, in the 80s, or mid-80s. Yeah, but yeah, it was really groundbreaking stuff, and especially that Zero and the T33, the ducted fan. I'm getting all nostalgic now. Oh my god! There's a guy at our yeah. field that has one, and he uh, put in brushless motors. That thing is a yeah, motor awesome stuff. flyer. Now I have one of the zeros. It was repackaged some years later. Some guy had like a whole bunch of the fuselages and uh, oh, a lot of the parts. Stuff. Was that the MEC company where they were selling a this big gearbox? Yeah, I believe it was okay. them. And it basically, it was a Kyosho Zero, it just was unpainted. And I mm-hmm. ended up picking one up. And I still have it, and it's actually a nice flying plane. It's a little. No retracts, and I've got an old uh, brushless system in it, but it actually is a nice flying plane. Yeah, I think originally it was something like a geared 380 on six yeah. cells, and then this company was going to a highly geared 540 or 550 modified with a big prop and 10 cells. Mm. So I can't imagine what the performance difference was. Do you fly yours with lipos or round cells? Yeah. Uh, lipos, but it has a geared brushless in it, so it has a really mean growl to it when it flies. Oh, I've seen that one fly before. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it does. I don't want to change anything, even though the equipment's kind of ancient, but it just has a, such a neat sound to it. I'll leave it. 
does your Kyosho Tony have the same sort of system? No, that's much more modern. That's all uh, uh, Outrunner brushless in it. Oh, okay. I was that was actually a, that's actually a glow conversion. That wasn't even meant for electric. I converted it. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> all right, that's enough about Kyosho. All right, well, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. But you guys know, I think you know, that I have a 3D Robotics Solo quad rotor, and it's one of my favorite ships for aerial photography, mostly because it has this function called uh, cable cam or something like that, where basically you set at least two points, the position and the angle of the camera. You set basically every aspect at one waypoint, then you pick another waypoint and set all that stuff. And it'll transition from one to the other, making smooth uh, transitions of every axis. So it'll yaw, it'll climb, it'll change the camera, all that, once you just press the button. And I found that to be very helpful for, for making these panning-type shots. So, and as so far as like, I know... Uh, go ahead. It's like a sliding cam kind of thing? A slider? Yeah. Aerial and, slider? They call it cable cam because that's, I guess, the hardware equivalent in the... Uh. Well, the, the photography sure. term is called glide cam. Oh, okay. But I understand, so like a glide cam is where you have it on a on a track, and you can roll, push the camera, and then you can maybe uh -huh. also roll it at the same time or change the yaw of the camera. Yeah. But, okay. So, yeah, it sounds like the same thing except in the air. Yeah, so you set a start and an end point, and you can have interim waypoints as well that have all these different features. You push the button, and it does it. Oh, I like that. And, yeah, I'm not usually a big automated flight kind of guy, but when I was testing this out, I used that. I'm like, wow, this is really helpful. You can, if you want, you can set the flight to do what it wants, and you can control the camera real time while it's flying that path. Or you can leave it all automated. It's kind of up to you. And as far as I know, this is the only quad that has that level of automation for, for camera work. Um, so, like I said, it's been one of my favorites to use. And I was surprised, and I guess it's not news, that 3D Robotics stopped selling commercial drones, or consumer drones, I should say. I think they've gone mostly into more agricultural type stuff. I'm not really sure. But pretty soon you won't be able to go to a hobby shop or Best Buy and, and get the solos. And consequently, it looks like they're on closeout. So for a quad that was selling for well over $1,000 just a couple months ago, I'm seeing them for $500 or less. And that seems like a really good deal. If I didn't already have one, I'd definitely go get one. Hmm. Well, you like it that now, much, huh? What camera do you use with it? Um, well, my best compatible camera is a Hero 3, but the gimbal that comes with it accepts a Hero 3 or a Hero 4. Those are GoPro cameras. Um, and it automatically interfaces. It's got a built-in USB plug that works with the the downlink so it's a plug and play with one of those gopros so so you can only use gopros in it um that's a good question in the stock gimbal yes it's designed for just a gopro because it does 
interface. From what I understand, 3D Robotics worked with GoPro to, to get certain features working. For instance, you can control some of the camera functions through the radio transmitter or through uh, the app. Oh, nice. So, so it's got that sort of hardware, software interface. Um, but anyway, when I saw them on sale, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that the price has gone down so much. Although I shouldn't have been surprised, given how tumultuous the multi-rotor industry is. But it was news to me, so I thought I'd put it out there. For anybody who's in the market for a really high-level consumer aerial photography quad, that's definitely a top contender. And for that price, it's hard to beat. Well, I think when you sent us the link early on, it was three ninety nine, but it's back up to four ninety nine on Best Buy. Yeah, um, they're just one of the vendors. Um, I haven't looked around much since then. I would imagine that it's going to fluctuate at different places. Amazon sells them, um, and Black Friday is coming. You never know what's going to happen then. Yeah, good point. I'm going to keep an eye out for it. And you'll have to remind me the link that I sent to you guys for four hundred dollars. That was. The quad with two batteries and the 3-axis gimbal. But I think there are other options out there that might have just one battery or no gimbal or a, a backpack. So just make sure you know what you're getting when you look around at the different packages. Well, it sounds like you definitely want the gimbal, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, um, You, you uh, can buy it separately, but I think hmm. you, the price break is pretty significant when you buy it together. Hmm. You, Terry, you reviewed the Unique Breeze a while back, correct? Yes. And how would you compare it? Because they look to be about the same price. So I'm just curious. If, um, if they're they're even... not comparable. Okay, okay. No, they're apples and oranges. Gotcha. The Breeze is, I, we've talked about this. It uses a Wi-Fi or tablet for control. So you've got emulated you know, joysticks, things like that. It's not really for somebody who's looking to make nice panoramic landscape shots that somebody who wants to do selfie shots of you know a day at the lake whereas the solo is pretty much any sort of aerial photography you, you want to do and it's, you know what i i said breeze i am so sorry i'm just rolling through best buy because you're right the breeze is not what i'm talking about i meant the other one the, okay. the typhoon because there appears oh, to be okay. like a typhoon a quad typhoon it's unique yeah isn't it? yeah so. Yeah, they've got a few versions. They've got the Q500, which is a 500-millimeter quad, and then the Typhoon H, which is a six-rotor. Um, both have 4K cameras. So, yes, both of those would be roughly equivalent to the Solo. Um, and if you're out there looking, you can see what the price differences are. I don't know. Well, the Typhoon um, G is the same price, but I will say the reviews on the um, 3DR are better than the Typhoon G. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'd, I've never reviewed the G, so I, I can't speak to that directly. Okay, the G's the but, quad. But there are different versions of that as well. That's probably not the 4K gotcha. at that price. Um, yeah, the the unique birds will have built-in cameras. Um, a neat thing about them is that they have a screen built into the transmitters, so you don't have to attach a separate device to view your downlink. And that's always handy. I don't know if I missed this. You said you had the GoPro 3 on the 3DR. Did you ever try your Runcam? Does it have a compatible mount for that? No, no. It, it's made specifically for those two GoPros. Gotcha. You could hack it, probably, but, you know. 
Yeah, you got to be not, careful with that because the GoPro is a certain weight and mass, and, and it can knock right, off. You got to maintain balance on the gimbal, and yeah. that was another thing that really impressed me about the Solo, that it comes with these screw-on weights. So depending on whether you're using the Hero Three or the Hero Four, you put on these little weights to balance the gimbal. So they really thought it through. I have led. <laughs> yeah, and I've done that. You can measure it out to specific grams and get it balanced. But okay, right. I, I, I luckily I have a GoPro three uh, accessible. My brother's got one, so that, that might be fine. He he's been wanting the new GoPro five because I think he and I are both like trying to do the you know wait for two versions to come out. So it's like time for me to get a GoPro four since I have a two. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm waiting for the fours to go on sale. You, you talk about the check. weight. I'm thinking of the Indiana Jones movie where he, he weighs the sandbag before he, he takes the head idol, the gold idol thing. So does this like yeah. explode if you don't put the right weight on it exactly or something? Or yeah, that might you? be the worst analogy we've ever had on here, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go back to sleep now. <laughs> Fitz, more coffee. <laughs> what is this coffee thing you speak of? Although I would like to fly with Harrison Ford. Yeah, he's a real pilot. Just saying. Just letting you know, like his last flight didn't land too well. So Harrison, if you're listening, <laughs> our email is on the webpage. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, neat. Uh, I will keep my eye on that, especially as you said. Maybe uh, check out the Black Friday prices, see if they go down. Yeah. I think anything under four hundred dollars is just giving it away. So keep your eye out. So our our. RC Club got invaded by Boy Scouts over the past weekend. Ah, oh, they're the worst. Oh, man, I tell you, those just ruffians I don't, with their uh, fancy shirts and badges and things. I, they're just troublemakers. But anyways, they, they came. It was interesting. I guess they came with planes, quads, and cars. And they also did rockets with the help of the Rocket Club. So they had these little RC cars. I couldn't quite tell what they were because they were pretty far away, but they had these quads. I think they were Surma X5s or something like that. They picked oh, okay. up. Yeah. And they asked to use our field for their camp out kind of thing, the day of just hobbyists, which was kind of neat. There was quite a few of them. And they would rotate through and try the planes and try the cars and try the rockets and that kind of stuff. And so since uh, pretty much none of them knew how to fly airplanes, they recruited some us in the club to help them fly some of the airplanes. So they showed up to the field with a whole bunch of little Champ S's from Horizon. Plus. <laughs> Champ S plus. Thank you. Yes. So we thought, well, this is interesting. I mean, they had a whole bunch of them. They had eight, actually. They came up with, uh, from that they had bought themselves. Oh, and wow. So, yeah. That was just, uh, when I saw this, I said, okay, we're going to have a good old time. So myself and a few other club members were acting as instructors. So we rotate students in a little, the Boy Scout troops in and out, uh, and have them fly it for pretty much just a whole battery. Uh, they had a whole bunch of batteries that were pre-charged, so it was really good. And so we 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 take them up, fly them around a little bit, and then rotate the next uh, student. One at a time. We, we, yeah, one at a time. Well, it was like three or four of us doing it at the same time, but, gotcha. but each person one at a time. So that was the theory. In reality, it didn't really work out so well. And Lee, I feel your pain. We pretty much instantly started having problems with the Champ S's. Uh, minus, actually. <laughs> I'm going to start calling him Champ S minus. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Snap. 
these it's a nice little plane, brushless motor, AS3X, and the safe system. Um, two cell, right? Uh, no, I, they are. No, these are single cell. Okay, they're two, two cell. cell. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're two cell. You're right. You're right. I can't remember. Yeah, a little, but they're still small, pretty small batteries. So I I decide, hey, I'm gonna be one of the first guys to take off. Let me just it's, take this thing up, and we'll fly around and get handed the transmitter to this kid. Yeah. And so I go up, and pretty much immediately, this thing has kind of a mind of its own. Uh, we're flying around, I'm trying to fly around, and it'll have to flight. It starts climbing up and going into some sort of loiter mode or something like that. It just sits there and doesn't respond to anything. And then it flies straight for a little while, wiggles his wings, and I got control again. And it basically does this over and over and over again. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with this thing? And I can try to get somewhat of a flight. I had one kid, and we were flying around a little bit. And the 50% time that we had control of it, he was able to fly around a little bit. But I was a lucky one. We had two other guys go up. And they pretty much immediately lose control of him and never get it back. And he's saying, I don't got it. And I was like, did you try flipping the switch? Yeah, I still don't got it. Did you try doing this? Yeah, I still don't got it. <laughs> and they sort of went and headed into the wind and just basically climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed. They were literally a speck in the sky. Would you Somebody... call that a flyaway, Fitz? It was flying away, but towards you. It was a flying up away at this point. It, the, at the point, they actually pulled out some binoculars, and some kids were lying on the ground looking up at the thing. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. These things apparently have a pretty impressive battery life because it was up <laughs> for quite a while. I th didn't think these things would go that high. And, and not just one, but two of them did this at the same time. The first one did one first, and it was a pirate in the other one, but they both eventually basically... They went so far away that when the batteries finally ran out, they were just a speck. And one guy says he really couldn't see it. He just saw sort of a glint as it kind of circled. And uh, it was lost behind some tree lines into a neighborhood. And Terry, if you remember, this was a neighborhood that's literally, what, a mile away almost? On the other side of the, the north side of the field? I don't know. Which neighborhood are you talking about? The, the one to the north, basically. There's only one neighborhood in the area there. when you're flying on the left side. Okay. Left yeah, side. yeah. There's that. nothing that's close by. I mean, there's I don't nothing. Know how many acres are out there, but your flying field is in the middle of Johnson Space Center, so there's a pretty good border in every direction. Yes, and the, and the house line is really, really far away. I've never heard of anybody losing their planes into the neighborhood because it's so far away. Right. Yet these, apparently, the guy said he, he's pretty sure went behind the tree line. Wow. And these was two of them. And I saw a third one that was missing its tail, so I don't know what happened to that, but it didn't end end well, apparently. <laughs> well, it sounds like I'd rather have my airplane back with a missing tail than no airplane <laughs> at all. Yes. So they, one guy said, well, I, I'm, I'm done with this. He just pulls out his 40-size trainer with a buddy box and just started training kids on his little his glow-sized trainer. Uh, I'm a stickler for punishment, so I kept messing with it. And after fighting this thing for several flights, I decided to take Lee's advice. And I linked up my special compatible JR to one of them and tried flying it that way. And it was slightly better, but it still had a mind of its own. It would do some really weird things. Uh, and it was just, at some point, those sections that I just had almost no control of it or I had where I would wiggle the ailerons and the motor would spool up. 
And then I let go, and the motor would spool back down. It's like, this thing is possessed. Uh, it wasn't until I read through the instruction manuals, because I remember something Lee said about indoor mode. So oh, I poked wait, around. there's an instruction manual? <laughs> yeah, there was actually instruction manuals. <laughs> and so what I did was I turned off the GPS feature. And then I went for another flight, and it was like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It was a whole new plane. It was amazing. The thing flew great. No glitches, no runaways, no mind of its own. It did what you told it, and it was stable. And the kids had no problems flying it around after a couple of minutes. So, so what you're saying is technology is bad. In this case, this play was too smart for its own good. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, now it you believe me. It literally was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lee talked about this before. We're like, yeah, yeah, Lee, have another drink. But... <laughs> do you all hear that, everybody? That's how they treat me. <laughs> but I, I completely understand what Lee was talking about now. They, they have a problem with this. I think it's not that it's a bad plane, because once I turned some of that stuff off, it flew really nice. It was a really nice plane. I think there... Something is not ready for prime time in in the GPS system, and I think a little more debugging is needed in it. Well, it's uh, not just the GPS; it's the radio, it's the RTF, and, and maybe the radio too. But even like I said, when I had my JR transmitter, it was doing funky things too. What, did you ever go back to the stock transmitter with the features turned off? No, I didn't. I meant to do that, but I actually was so busy with the kids that I just could, I didn't have a chance. There were literally one after the other, after the other, after the other, all day with no repeat kids so oh, wow. the only time i had a chance to do anything was when i had a lunch break and so i did this real quick i bound my transmitter into this but i didn't want to try with their transmitter with no gps but i didn't get a chance unfortunately but lee your experience doing that did not work am i correct there what changing it to my spectrum no Using the stock transmitter, but with the GPS off, or in indoor mode. No, it didn't work either. No, the transmitter uh -huh. was, uh, from what I gathered from the emails from Horizon Hobby and other email uh, posts on the RC Group's thread, um, it's a lot of the problems are attributed to the RTF transmitter. And as soon as I put that bad boy away, bound it to my old DX7 uh, transmitter, I've, I've not had any repeat problems. Uh, plane, the plane flies fine as it is. They did not have to throw so much technology on it. All they had to do to make this a seller was add ailerons and a brushless motor. That's it. And well, it would have been a I great think you're, hit. Uh, you're probably looking at it backwards. I would imagine they developed the technology and they needed a platform to use it. And you know, the cheap mm. is what came along. So... Could you imagine, uh, though, if you had a flyaway on a 15-plus size aircraft, like let's say it's the Apprentice, and they put all that stuff on there, and would you consider an you know an RTF Apprentice that was not, you know, obviously you would have a bigger transmitter like a DX6 or something. But my point is, that, if, if you had a flyaway with that, the, the liability is so much greater. Oh, I agree. And you just don't, I mean, you made a great point in the last podcast, like the earlier Hobby Zone champ, it may have lost packets, but the flight performance was so stable, you, you wouldn't have noticed. And I, I think the same thing applies here. I'm, I, you guys were there when, you know, Austin's plane did not land. <laughs> so oh, yeah, you saw, I saw that. it firsthand. <clears throat> yeah. So this made me very sad when Fitz emailed me that, that, you know, Boy Scouts had two flyaways. And I'll let you guys know, as soon as I heard from Fitz, I emailed my contact at Horizon Hobby. 
And I, I told him exactly how I felt about this. And I told him to basically, I think they should pull the RTF off. You know, they should not be selling it. I think it's just too much of a risk. This is too happening too frequently. And they should recommend people purchase another transmitter, make it a bind and fly only. And I'm sorry if that decreases the number of sales, but it ain't working. And it, it, it it's, it's too scary to fly. You know, now that I've got it on a DX7, I can't wait. In fact, we're, we're, Austin and I are planning to do some FPV Saturday at our field because I put the little uh, cricket cam on his champ because it's wired for it. And then we're going to bring the little TV and have him do some flights. And he's excited about it. But I feel better now that I don't have all the other gizmos working on it. Well, you're looking at it wrong. Maybe you can buy all of these that are out there for cut rate prices. And, and sell them with DX7s. Oh. This is a business opportunity, Lee. <laughs> oh, right. The Champ S++. Plus plus. <laughs> Can we just or would it be the minus plus? Or would it just be the T? <laughs> Champ S++. Plus minus. Let's move up. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm very sad that it happened, Fitz. I'm glad you got to experience it, though, so you can be part of the... The, the <laughs> misery <laughs> loves company <laughs> yeah it's unfortunate because so, typically they they make nice stuff and this uh, it's odd that they have a lemon in this case yeah you know it happens but you said yeah. you said yourself you enjoyed fl enjoyed flying it once it bound right yeah yeah once about it and disabled the gps basically put it into indoor mode it was actually a really nice plane yeah so, it was, it got, what was the tally at the end of the day they started with eight they started with eight take home and it took home what five and a half Oh man! So two completely gone. Two completely gone. One uh, heavily damaged. And were they disgruntled by this? No, actually, I asked some of the kids, and they they still had a lot of fun. Well, it wasn't the kids' money, right? Did you talk to any of the adults? <laughs> yeah, the adults had to pay for, for this. <laughs> I think the adults were, as long as the kids had a good time, they were okay. Okay, well, I, that's I didn't good. Any from the adults, and. This is only one-fourth of what they were doing. They, like I said, they had cars. In fact, the cars actually fared worse. Uh, one of the guys says they started with, I think, about the same number of cars, roughly, and only one or two were in good shape. He said the other ones were either hanging on by a thread or being used, scavenged for parts. Well, if that was because the kids were bashing them into... immovable you know, objects, that's one thing. Yes, But if they were was. breaking because they were poor quality, that's... Something else. Uh, insufficient data. I don't yeah. know. I I would guess that if I was totally new to RC and I dropped 150 bucks on a trainer advertised for noobs, I'd be a little upset if I watched it fly away. Uh, perhaps, and maybe so. somewhere I didn't see it, but I didn't talk to every single person. But Is there something now, the Boy Scout motto about about that? It could Thrifty, be. Thrifty, brave, reverent. I, I don't know. Vengeful? It's interesting. I don't know. Well, the Boy Scouts, they did take a minute before they started to raise their hand in the salute and give the Boy Scout motto or something like that. So they, they, they all were pretty well tempered. And uh, and they had the troop leaders there to keep them in line. So, But in fairness, not all the adults were there. Only a handful of adults were there. So, Okay. Who's to say? Little Johnny went home and says, yeah, it flew away and... and and their parents got upset and called them up and whatever. So well, That's good. There was no mutiny. There were no mutinies. It was fun. There was one kid. He was an older kid who actually knew what he was doing. I asked him if he had flown before. He said, oh, yeah, I've flown this and that. So I had him. I just had him a transmitter. And he's flying around. And he, can, he was doing loops with it. 
Oh, cool. I was like, hey, don't need me. This was once you got it dialed in? Yeah, once it was dialed in, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's a feel-good story. Yes, today we learned on Blossom that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and a very special Boy Scouts USA. All right, well, that's enough feeling good. I hear you need to share a story, Lee. I do. Speaking of flyaway. You uh, get very quiet all of a sudden. Well, I, I, I was, I'm laughing because, listeners, I was told to keep this short and sweet and to make this more of a Q&A. No. <laughs> because everybody knows I get on my soapbox that's 10 feet tall. No, I, th- I think you were just warned to be ready for heckling. All right. <laughs> well, I, first off, the, the reason for the problem is Terry. And let's just make sure everybody's aware of that. <laughs> Terry started it. <laughs> I finished it. I take full responsibility. <laughs> exactly. I blame Terry completely, and you should too. Send Terry hate letters. Uh, as you are aware, if you're a frequent listener, I am a uh, I'm what, <laughs> anti-FPV, anti-quad, anti-multi-rotor. No, I'm not anti. But you're not. I'm not. I, I know. I was like, that's what you, you always joke about me. Um, but I've always had an interest in AP platforms because uh, early on I was hoping to get my photography uh, you know booming with some aerial photography and uh, I, I really haven't been doing it but once uh, Terry has slowly sent me little multi-rotor quads to play with at best he do, do we want to mention the brand I should shouldn't I it's up to you. Huh? I mean, it's out there on our secrets. It is, now. It, it's, secrets. it's out there. So uh, I Terry was very generous to uh, hand me a RC Logger Novax 350 to play with to get some experience uh, as an AP platform quad, and it's very odd looking. Uh, I will tell you, it's a big. <laughs> it does look menacing, doesn't it? That little black cap. It reminds me of the Omnibots from The Incredibles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or or the ones from uh, Mega Mind. <laughs> yeah. They just need to put the little voice box in it and be perfect. But it does. It does look menacing. So that it's very intimidating to fly. But let me get to the point. Uh, Terry gave this to me. It was, uh, it was RTF. It was ready to go. Did not have a gimbal or the camera set up. But he said, you know, just start getting used to some of the cool features on this. And right off the bat, I want everybody to know that the Novex is highly rated on the RC Groups thread and uh, from other reviews I've found online. Um, it's got a really good stable GPS, uh, what do you call it, location, flight mode, altitude, you know, where it holds a GPS. Position point. hold? P- position hold, right? Posi- yeah, yeah I, I wasn't sure exactly. How I, I mean, for me, it's either GPS flight mode or altitude flight mode, uh, sp- specifically for photography, and I loved it. And then they have a basic flight mode where you have full control. And I'm, I've been trying to get used to that because I want to make sure I could really handle the multi-rotor. Uh, when I first got it, I was having problems calibrating it. Eventually, I got the app to work with it. My first couple of flights were scary, and I had it tip over once and break a few props, so I got those replaced. And then about three to four flights after that, it was great. Uh, I was able to, you know, fly around, do figure eights and up and down. It, it, it was getting very comfortable. Well, one morning I flew it for about 10 minutes. I landed it. The next day I, I did not calibrate it uh, because I was in the same exact location. And a lot of people have mentioned they don't always calibrate it. They're at the same spot. But I, uh, I armed it. It connected. It, I switched to basic mode. I got it about two to three feet in the air and then it flew away. 
it just took off with throttle and then I had no control over it. And um, I was scared. I'm going to be very blunt. Uh, I was really uh, nervous because it was going up very fast and at a very high altitude. And you were kind of making me re relive that moment, Fitz, when you said the guys were with binoculars looking at the champ <laughs> fly away. I mean, that, that little 350 was getting tiny quick. So I had... Tried and this is a substantial multi-rotor. This is a 350 millimeter brushless motor, three cell, 5,000 something milliamp battery. Yeah, right? yeah. It's oh, not, so we're talking uh, several pounds a, of machine. A big hunk of stuff. It's not light. Going through yeah, the sky. It's not light at all. Um, I, I flipped all the modes on this, the, the transmitter. to, to uh, First thing I did was switch to GPS mode, which is supposed to just hold it. Did not do anything. I switched to altitude to make it stop. Did not hold it. Uh, I had no yaw pitch. Um, control nothing and uh, I tried to return to home nothing and by the time uh, it, time was flying fast you know it's one of those things your life's flying it was really high up there and it shouldn't have been where it was um, I, I was getting very nervous so after the return to home failed I just I thought you know what I got to stop it from going anywhere so I I issued the stop motor command which is on this transmitter not a switch but a, a, a stick control down left and the motors quit which was great until it started coming straight down. Now, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, at least I'm keeping it out of airspace because that was my biggest fear. Uh, but now I was worried, where is it going to land? Is it going to hit somebody or something? Um, I, Can you restart it? It was so high up, I tried to restart it, but it did not restart. I mean, that's, I mean, guys, it was high up there. I mean, I had time to sit there and try doing anything. It would not restart the motors, and that thing came crashing down. And luckily, thankfully, uh, it hit an area that was... There was nobody. It hit the ground. It came into a lot of pieces. It landed on its head, mm. so mm. all the electronics on the top of the nose separated from it. Uh, broke a lot of the carbon fiber platform pieces. Um, and then I walked home with my tail between my legs, and uh, I had to get a drink. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have experienced... I mean, with an airplane, have you ever had a flyaway? Something that you, you've seen your plane disappear? I'm sure that I have, but it never would have been anything big enough to cause me any concern. Um, I have had instances where I was flying a quad about the size of when you're talking about, and it either responded a way I didn't think it should, or in some way I felt like I wasn't in control of it, and that's an immediately very nauseating feeling. So I can only imagine what it was like for that to be sustained. And then watch it fall out of the sky, not knowing where, not knowing where it's going to hit. So, it's did you change your underwear before or after you got a drink? <laughs> oh man, I think I threw that underwear away. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I had a flyaway was I was fortunate that shortly after I lost control, it hit a tree, so I knew exactly where it was. <laughs> was that a fixed wing? It was a fixed wing. It was an old uh, Cub. Yeah, long years ago. I I have to tell Nothing you, the recently. only time I've ever felt that nervous flying or, or with other people flying was when I was at a field, and it wasn't me, where a guy was flying a twin, and he sh should not have been flying a twin in the first place, but he was flying a twin, he lost a motor, and he tried to recover, and he flew that plane like five feet from people in the pits trying oh to regain gosh. control and all of us hit the deck. I mean, and that, that made me nervous because I was seeing that thing hit me. And that's about how, if you can imagine that kind of feeling of someone with a runaway that had no control and it was coming at people and you were not worried about just yourself, but people around you, 
that's the fear I had when that thing started disappearing. And, you know, once the, when the altitude hold failed and I was thinking, you know, return to home might work, I was getting there. And once return to home failed, I, I, I was sweating bullets. So that's the story. The, the follow-up is I immediately after the drink, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I'm just joking people. I didn't drink. I just had to have some time to myself. I immediately documented everything I did. Um, I put all the pieces together so I could photograph it. And I sent the email while it was in my head to RC loggers, customer service. Um, it took a while for me to get a response, but they did respond. Um, and after talking with them, that's when I put my information on the thread in RC groups because I wanted to give RC logger a chance to, to know what was happening before I shared it with the other people on the thread. And what I want to to say, what's really nice is the, the, the Novak's owners on that thread were very uh, concerned, very helpful. Uh, most of them said they had never experienced anything like this. So this is one of those freak incidences. And at this time, the only thing we can address that could have been the problem was the uh, altimeter sensor. Uh, I'm assuming it's a barometric pressure type device and the the situation is that it's if if the quad took off and it didn't read the altitude, it wasn't reading the altitude, um, then it didn't know how high it was. And the software is programmed so that you cannot disable the motors while it's in flight. Well, it thought you took off from hell. So it was trying to get back to the surface of the earth. <laughs> well, and you know what? We'll never know. Unfortunately, and, and you know, I don't think any other uh, multi-rotor has this feature. There might, but it didn't have a, a black box of any kind. Uh, there's no way to go in there and, and, and do a log from it. Oh, there's some that have that. That wouldn't have all these readings and stuff were saved after a flight? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not familiar with. That's great. So maybe you need, I need to get one of those. <laughs> I, I don't know that they would log the metrics that would pinpoint a, a component failure like that. But you know, you would have your altitude, your speed, your GPS, all those sorts of telemetry type things. Well, and so, you know what? Yeah. The the transmitter that came with this, you, you obviously Terry knows. He gave it to me. It has telemetry back, so I could see the battery power. Uh, you know, there was no, and, you know, I've checked all that. You know, the, the... Did it have a message? Bye-bye, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so long, sucker. Did it, did it report altitude? Do you recall? I, I sense your fear. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was it, Tara? Uh, it's... Did it re uh, record altitude that you can recall? I mean, can, did it did it. Can I tell you something? Display when altitude. When you're looking at your quad flyaway, you're not looking at the transmitter. So what's wrong here? No. I mean, I'm flipping switches, but I did not look at the darn thing. To, to, no, I didn't. I mean, and there you go. That's a good, uh, you know, maybe suggestion if I could remember to do that. Boy, it reminds me of the of uh, the movie um, Sully. Did y'all see that? No, I haven't no. seen it yet. Okay, I. I don't want to say it's a it's a ruining picture, but there, you know there's human factors involved. You you see it, and you think about as a pilot or someone who builds planes. You know what would you have done if you had an engine failure? But when when it happens to you and, and it's a human response, things change. And yeah. I didn't look at the transmitter fits. I didn't you know I wasn't saying hey where it's supposed to be. How far away is it from me? Hey, <laughs> I wonder how far it can get from me. I wasn't thinking that at all. Um, <laughs> You're too busy but, going. <laughs> I like Terry's response though. Bye, Lee. <laughs> um, so long, uh, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> well, you know, when you told me about this, Lee, it it kind of it cemented uh, some fears that I've had. You know, I've fly tons of multi rotors, and rather than becoming more comfortable with them, I think it's made me 
less trust trusting of them, I guess is the way I would say it. Because there was a time early on where to test out something or to make sure something worked, I'd just go in my backyard and hover it a couple feet and say, yep, that works, and then I'd land it and go fly at the, the field. But now I've had so many instances of little things, not things big like you're talking about, but just little times where I feel like it's acting on its on its own rather than what I'm telling it to do, mm. where I feel like it's too much of a risk to fire one up in my backyard. Yeah, didn't the uh, some of the, a lot of the early DJI Phantoms have the initial flyaways when the interference from the GoPro cameras or something like well, that? Well, well, yeah, the when people were using the Wi-Fi downlink from GoPros or Blades. I mean, insert your favorite or least favorite quad name here. Mm. Everyone has had some sort of problem like that, and it's it's kind of like radios. People tend to get very um, brand specific with what they like because of a good or a bad experience. But I think you can find positive and negative stories of any quad. Um, but basically for me, I've just learned that to expect the worst. So if I do any sorts of any sort of testing in my backyard, I take the props off. And if I can't do it without props, then I go to the field where there's much less risk. Sounds like good advice. Yeah. I mean, you turn on YouTube and I think a lot of people just assume that it's going to work the way it's supposed to every time. And so they'll go fly in the street in front of their house or on cars and houses. And Man. I, Five feet above I, crowds or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a whole separate thing. But um, yeah. So plan for the worst. That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> that, that happened. I didn't, there wasn't there some musician that got chewed up by a quad because camera quad was flying next to him during a oh, concert. Yeah, that was, uh, was that Enrique Iglesias? I, there was a couple of them. It was him and somebody else. Yeah. And then a couple the, times. The pitcher was playing with or working on a quad and he fired it up with the prop, cut himself up, missed a start for a game. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I guess there's some high profile things going on all right well let's let's end this on a good note you you guys that uh, lee you plan on flying this weekend i am yeah we're going to take uh the champ s plus and we bought a new uh fpv camera for the cessna a little foamy cessna so we're going to try both of those out at our field all right terry you you going to go flying um i'm not sure if i do i think i'm going to try to shoot some video of the the kyosho drone racer i'm trying to put together a montage of video shots from it so if i can get a cameraman i'll i'll do that and if the weather cooperates we've had several days of rain here and it looks like it'll continue through the weekend what are you gonna do with the video would it pop up on our uh, facebook or anything um it'll be a component uh with the the written review on tested.com oh okay which i think is going to go up next week oh awesome don't know if i'll be able to fly i'll try to squeeze in something i am going to a fly-in on uh, Saturday, flying slash swap meet, so I may or may not bring a plane. It's a good chance I might play with some sailboats, also during the weekend. All right, then, guys, it's been fun. Have a good weekend of flying, and hopefully not crashing or flying away stuff. And we'll see you on the flip side. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. 
those who live in Las Vegas can listen to us over the radio at the all-new Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF LP Las Vegas.